Hello and welcome to Garagarot of this town, a podcast about music. I am, as always, Elaine, and with me there are the surviving members of Black Sabbath. I'm Sybil Osborne. And I'm Adam, and I don't actually know any of the people of Black Sabbath, so... <laughs> me neither. I mean, I guess there was Dio after that. I think Dio's not a surviving one, though. Is Dio still around? Dio is dead. Yeah. Every Dio is dead. <laughs> God is dead, and we killed it. To be fair, the last one was a raptor. Um, yeah, we are talking about... So, hi, we're back. Adam's back. Hello, Adam. Hello. Were you back for for any other episode before this? I don't remember. My brain doesn't yes. work anymore. Okay. Yes. <laughs> okay. Welcome back. Thank Wait, what, what episode were you in for? The SR-71 one. Oh. I think. Yeah, the, yeah. the very last episode we just did. I, I removed that from my memory completely. <laughs> Understandable. Well, good news. Next week you get to do some 41. Uh... <laughs> Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that because I, we, we have a guest. I mean, we have a guest for that and I want to like check with them. Um, so we might do, I, I think we're doing okay go next week if that's fine for everyone, because we have been delayed doing okay go for a while and okay. I do want to do okay go. Um, what are we covering this week? Yeah, this week we're talking about Kelly Osbourne, the bat record, um, shut up. Mm-hmm. Everyone remembers that, doesn't they? Don't they? Mm. Well, we're kind of talking about Shut Up. <laughs> this story gets a little weird. Oh, do you have... Is it story time with Sybil? Is it time for story time with Sybil? It is. My favorite segment. Because this week, we're going to cover, since she never charted on the Billboard charts again, the entirety of Kelly Osbourne's brief musical career. So, this is a perfect way to talk about how much MTV was tied into the culture of the 2000s. We've mentioned Total Request Live, we've mentioned people coming home and fighting for their favorite band to try and knock some other genre out of the top slot. But we haven't mentioned, to that same degree, reality television. And one of the first 
real pushes that got that out and with everyone was a show called The Osbournes, where they just followed around Ozzy, Sharon, uh, Kelly, and Nick Osborne. There is actually a fifth Osborne, a third eldest daughter, who decided she wanted nothing to do with this. Uh, she is the smartest one, Amy Osborne. But they just had cameras wander around their house for, uh, according to Kelly, what was supposed to only be a couple of weeks and turned into multiple months. So that kind of got on their nerves and also led to a lot of these screaming fights that happened on the show. It's just wandering around, talking to them, editing a few things out every week to try and make it. You know, it's it's a Big Brother-style show, except it's following around famous people at their actual manner, and occasionally uh, the dog will shit on a couch. Yeah. I wish I'm... I'm not really overstating it. That's basically what it was. You spent 30 to 60 minutes per week watching Ozzy Osbourne... Sharon! Because he was mumble-mouthed when not singing on stage. And, um, the kids weren't the fondest of having their awkward teenage years caught on camera. So, to sum up just how much this tied into the popular culture of the time, though, the Osborne show, reality television does not get a lot of home releases. The Osbournes got DVD releases, and DVD was so ubiquitous that at this point, People made those top-selling box sets when they came out. I want to say... No, no, no. Who is the person that... Who is the person that buys a DVD set for a reality show? Who is this person? What is the pro... What is the psychological profile that the fucking FBI has on this person? Because it must be a serial killer. Oh, no. No, no, no. Reminder, this was the entirety of the U.S. nation made that one of the number one selling uh, discs, at least for an early okay, season. But, like, I get watching it on TV because it's on and you need trash, and that's fine. Who buys this shit? Who spend money for a physical release of this shit? Well, you also have to remember, at one point, special features were a giant thing they pushed DVDs with, so you could get unedited episodes, extended segments, more behind-the-scenes footage, which is basically just we dumped the B-roll on some extra discs and went, here's free episodes for you, person who is just watching whatever. This does not make it better. Like, so far, my idea of the person who would watch the Osborne is someone who watches it with a mild to low interest because it's on TV and it's popular and it's on TV a lot. Who is the person who's so invested into the life of the Osborne to buy a box set for the extra content? Beavis and or Butthead. So here's my theory. Okay. Whenever it's time to, like, buy people gifts for whatever fucking holiday or their birthday or whatever, you're like, oh, I could get them some DVDs. What shows do they watch? Oh, yeah, the Osbournes. Okay, there we go. And then that person now has a DVD box set of it. And you this, also have to this... remember, this was during the wind-down of the previous biggest show in the Americas, Friends. There was a void that needed filling. Yes, this is true. 
Yeah, but what fr when friends ended, uh, Always Sadness started. Yes, and one of them is still worth watching. I'll mm -hmm. leave you to be the judge. <laughs> it's really funny that between Friends and Always Sunny in Philadelphia, Always Sunny is the less problematic show nowadays. Hell, it was the less problematic show to the start. In the first season, it had someone setting a box on fire and saying, your grandpa's a Nazi, and that's still less terrible than anything <laughs> on seven seasons of Friends. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'm not wrong. No, you're not. I've never seen either, so I can't. Always Sunny is a, it's a good show. It's delightful. Mm. As long as you're fine with watching the adventure of four, five horrible, five. horrible people who never win. It's a very, mm. everyone like talks about it like if it's like super edgy and shit, but it's actually a very moral show because these people are horrible, but they, you never root for them. They never win. Mm. They're Luther's. Relevant to our show, it does have cameos from Rob Thomas of Matchbox 20 early on. Huh. <laughs> mm -hmm. Neat. Not really relevant to our show, but okay. <laughs> Matchbox 20's more relevant than Sinbad, who also showed up. <laughs> okay. Um, keep telling us about Kelly Osborne, please, Sybil. So, uh, Kelly became... Sort of the breakout of the people that we didn't know anything about. Because, you know, we we all knew who the hell Ozzy was. Sharon had always been a very outspoken part of his career as his manager. So those two were known. But Kelly uh didn't particularly play nice for the cameras and was a teenage girl going through a lot of her own shit who did not want any of this. And so I will just steal the Rolling Stone quote. Kelly Osborne, a wickedly funny, brutally honest, pint-sized, potty-mouthed spitfire, would later go on to... Alright. I can't find who pushed for this. Who pushed for her to instantly get into music during the second season of the show. But someone did. And it was someone who clearly did not have a lot of clout, given what I'm about to tell you. But from that, she went on to create the pop-punk album we will be listening today, Shut Up. Now, Shut Up was published by Epic Records in 2002. Europeans loved it more, but no one loved it enough to keep the album and Kelly's contract from being dumped by Epic within six months. So, Fun fact, the only way to listen to it was to use the Epic Records launcher. I can... <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> it took a second. Uh, but there's no shopping cart, so you had to listen one track at a time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, apparently the Europeans were more fond of this, and so when she was dumped, uh, Sanctuary... A European language, European language, a European <laughs> branch of Universal picked up her contract and they re-released the album with some bonus tracks and a cover from her father under the title Changes. It is literally the exact same album with those bonus tracks. And if you go looking for this these days, you will want to look for changes because thanks to a lot of weird legal wrangling, that's the only version that will have the lead single 
a cover of Madonna's Papa Don't Preach on it. Oh, actually, uh, I'm objection here. Uh, the cover is present. If you go on Spotify and search for Shut Up, Shut Up is on Spotify, and it has that cover as a bonus unlisted track at the end. I don't know if it was true for the original release, but it is true on the current Spotify release of the record. Is that what that was? Yes. Yeah, it was a cover of Papa Don't Preach. It was not a good cover of Papa Don't Preach, but it was a good. Uh, it was a cover of Papa Don't Preach. Yeah. No, it's um, it was the lead single, so it was definitely not a hidden track on the original pressing. I don't know why they would do that. Because they wanted to make me think that there was an eight and a half minute long song on the album because they wanted to make me cry, personally. Well, good news, there isn't. However, that last track is still the longest and still too long. Yes. I, I mean, we'll get there, but I appreciate that they shoved the boring ballad at the end, just being like, yeah, don't worry about it. You can listen to the rest of the record and skip this at the end. So, critics hated Shut Up slash Changes, and uh, she got roasted quite heavily, and there was a tour, but from here she pivoted to basically anything else, and her only real touch with the music industry is that I am pretty sure every man that Kelly Osbourne has ever slept with has been a musician or a producer, based on her trail of not-quite-legal marriages, dating partners, and everything left in her wake. That's a long story for another time, but if you just look up her romantic history, it's like, guy from the used, producer, DJ, producer, guy from another band, etc. Hmm. Good for her. She does, however, pivot into fashion at this point, and starts putting out a line of, uh, I believe the term they use is plus-sized clothing, but Good on her. Kelly Osbourne has always been very fond of saying, no, shut up, I'm round, I'm curvy, I like my body, I'm not slimming down to look like a rail-thin cocaine-peeled model. And so she continues to basically float around the reality-slash-fashion circuit. She is a regular judge on... God, what is the name of this? Because I'm always going to screw this up. Project Runway Junior UK. That is a lot of words. You could see why I couldn't pull that one up from memory. <laughs> yeah. That's not, that's almost like a, a Kingdom Hearts title. It's very close. And she will regularly guest on a lot of other reality television shows. She's been a guest on RuPaul's Drag Race. She appears as a voice actress, rarely in cartoons. Uh, apparently Disney had some ties with her for a bit. That makes sense. Uh, there's an excellent episode of the Eric Andre show where, guess what? She's a good guest for that. And her her father still does shows here and there. He and her brother were doing something called Ozzy and Jack's World Detour, she appeared in briefly. Probably just going, okay, bye, have fun. But she's credited as herself for one episode. Nice. <laughs> Anyhow. Uh, the biggest part of her career would have been co-hosting E's Fashion Police prior to that with Joan Rivers. Joan Rivers died. The show died. And at this point, we should also probably mention, since it did not chart in the U.S. and is not pop punk, 
she did have a second album in 2005. It went the route that most fail children or trophy wives try when they get into the music business, which is overproduced electronica with a lot of autotune on it. However, a remix of one of the songs on it did sweep the UK charts and hit number one. So good on you, Kelly Osbourne, but thank you for deciding to just focus on the fashion afterwards. The UK is truly like the Japan of Europe. <laughs> I don't want to unpack that statement because nothing good will come out of any of the conclusions I can draw. <laughs> I guess Germany would work too. Um, I don't know. Also, I really don't want to know what the Akira of Europe is. <laughs> oh, that's Beavis and Butthead. That's American. <laughs> All right, um, uh, Doctor Who? Uh, it's just cartoony enough that you're probably right. Huh. Uh, <laughs> I'm mad about that. Good. Anyhow, now that hoes are mad, let's talk about the album. Uh, I'm just going to refer to it as Shut Up because it's easier, but... Shut up slash changes. Ah, and it begins with disconnected. Like, I'm not so subtly hiding, is that I like this record. I don't know why people were so mean to it. I, I guess, you know, because when you're a critic and like a reality show star makes a record, you have to, you know, flex. But this is fine. Like, this starts with a cheesy, like, heavy metal knot, I guess, referencing Black Sabbath or whatever. And then it's just like sparkly mainstream girl rock shit, which is fine. Like, I found this record more entertaining than anything that we've covered since uh, My Chemical Romance. Like, this is how you remember Avril Lavigne sounding until you listen to Avril Lavigne and you realize, no, it was way poppier. Uh, it's fun. I like this song. This song and this album in general very much does sound like it was written by a teenage girl. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. That's not a knock. That's just kind of, that's what it is. And I think that's possibly why a lot of people didn't like it, because a lot of people just really don't like teenage girls for some strange reason that I can't fathom. Let's talk about the widespread hatred between media uh, and the teenage girls. Let's talk about misogyny. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, society is fucked. <laughs> that said, um, the sort of rhyme scheme going on here, 
um, is just a little bit too cheesy for my taste, but ultimately it's like, you know what? It's fine. It's okay. It's, it's a decent song. It's not bad. It's not amazing. I like it. Yeah, I'm not saying it's amazing, but like, it's fine. I like that the production is very dry. Like, it does sound actually punk in a very, like, classic punk way, but like very, mm-hmm. a lot poppier in the melodies. I mean, she's not a good singer. I think we can all agree she's not a good singer, but she's not. And that's punk. Huh. Yeah, like, everyone hated on her voice, and it's just like, she's not good but like she does not ruin anything for me it's just like not particularly good which mm-hmm. a lot of punk singers are not particularly good i don't know if i was a teen i would have enjoyed this record a lot if i was like 14 or whatever i feel like i'm going to be the harshest on this record uh, over the course of this and it's probably because i have listened to it three times now and listen to the entirety of her catalog, and this is easily the weakest part of it. But I have a few theories about where this album's genesis... Again, I tried to figure out who... Wait, genesis in this? God, I wish. Also, I really hope they don't all end up dead, because they had a COVID outbreak on their tour. And they're like 70 plus. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so that's probably the end of Genesis. Anyway, uh, I don't know who pushed for her to go into music because I don't think it was her father based on the fact that not until the re-release needed some juice did he get involved. Um, I don't think Sharon, because I've never heard her mention anything about this, but Kelly also clearly didn't have some drive to do this based on the fact that she shifted away from this almost immediately after the record bombed. So this sort of smacks of someone in an executive's, maybe MTV, maybe some random person she dated said, oh yeah, I bet you could burn up the charts. And over the course of it, it goes from incredibly kitty to trying to lean in on that harder edge you know, foul-mouthed little tamper tantrum thing that she had going in the press. This one is very bare-bones, very PG lyrics, incredibly repetitive. It's practically a nursery rhyme. Also, it could absolutely stand to have one verse cut. It's very repetitive. This song specifically, yeah, this song is definitely has one repetition to more. Like, you could cut one minute of this and this would be fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's talk about the next song. Yeah. Come dig me out. Again, like, I really enjoy how, like, raw the production is. It's like, 
I don't know if it's like just shite production or if they actually went with a conscious effort to make it sound this punk, but it works. Like it's different. It doesn't sound like overproduced Avril Lavigne shit, which, you know, given with the fact that all of the medallies are very poppy, I think it gives like a good contrast. It, it, it does sound like almost, and now I'm gonna say on heresy, uh, it does sound almost very Ramones-y. Mm-hmm. Like, it does remind me of that early punk that was still, like, extremely pop. And that, that is not a bad thing. Uh, the chorus is sort of insufferable, but, like, in the way that, you know, punk can be insufferable sometimes. Yeah, this is another solid song. It's a bit slower. Less energy. Uh, vaguely about depression, but, like, in the more milk toast way ever. I don't know. I'm gonna keep saying this throughout all of the songs. This is fine. This is okay. I don't know why people hate this so much. So, this is one of the many covers on the album. So, she only changed the lyrics from the original, did not write it. Uh, It is a cover of a Michelle Lewis song called Dig Me Out. There is a video for this, and the... Everything around this album is so forgotten that... All of the video uploads for this, linked to on the Kelly Osbourne channel, are from some random guy who just uploaded 240p rips of them back in 2006. So this is unwatchably blurry. And it's one of those standard, we're throwing a house party in an L.A. mansion. Don't do anything too wild. Yeah! Videos where a couple of people who may or may not be outcasts or like graffitiing the place, cutting tires, all sorts of dick shit. Oh boy. This was going to be the third single on the record, but because it bombed so hard... If you shit for your dick, please see a doctor. (laughs) Uh, Because it bombed so hard, no one ever released it outside of a few copies sent to radio stations. Huh. So there was never an actual buyable copy of the single for Come Dig Me. <clears throat> I love that the whole of this episode would be like, I sort of like this. And and you going, this record literally caused an outbreak of Ebola. <laughs> I'm not that harsh. <laughs> but this is just so... I don't think in this day and age... If you were to get someone with as much name recognition and cultural cachet as Kelly Osbourne had in 2002, I would be amazed if you could bomb this hard anymore. Capitalism. It's gotten worse. Well, it's also gotten to the point where if you have a name, that's more likely to sell over so many people who are just starting out. I think the name Kelly Osbourne especially coming off a hot reality TV show, would probably push you further in the music industry than it did during the heyday of a lot of things right before digital took over. A reality Hmm. show is still a thing? I don't watch much TV. Oh, yeah. Yes. Okay. I don't think any of them are nearly as global, but yeah, no. um, Where is the latest hot reality show in America at the moment? Survivor just came back for its 41st season. Uh, the whole of the Kardashian empire 
relies on Kanye just showing up randomly on that. And there, I guess you would probably call some of the after show discussion panels with people reality shows. I think that's the latest twist on it. Like the fact that this season there's a, this is not a joke, a show wherein the familiar on what we do in the shadows hosts a show talking about what we do in the shadows that airs after the episodes every week. That's real. Anyhow, this song, uh, it's okay. It's less flat vocally, so that's a plus, but I also notice she seems to get coached better or spiced up her work on any cover. Those are the ones where she really tries to hit the high notes. Yeah, because a lot of this is clearly like, and you can hear it, it's clearly like cut and edited to make this as bearable as possible. And uh, yeah, there are a couple of tracks, especially late, later, where you really hear that they sort of just like cut every single better bit of vocal part and, and you know, stitched it together. And yeah, that's sort of how this record goes. I still think it's fine. Franken-record. Franken-record is a very good description of this. Uh, and then we go to Contradiction, which is actually my favorite song of the record. has a very uh, the pre-chorus it's a very anime opening like there's <laughs> like a small key change and there's like this rhythmic bit and it's like yeah this is a fun song and the chorus is again it's that irritating like repetitive punk shit that's like actually works well with the song yeah I like this this is a, this is a song I actually really like okay this is one of the nothing tracks for me. Okay. Me too. Oh. Everyone hates this. <laughs> I no, 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 no. Like, this is not a hate. This is one where okay. I didn't notice it had ended and the next one had started. I, I, I feel like I'm the only person in the universe who would actually say, yeah, I like this record. This is fine. Look. I mean, I also think it's fine. I'm just not as uh, jazzy about it as you are. Look, Look we have both of you can to... still hold over me that I stood up for the SR-71 record last week. Yeah, we went through <laughs> SR-71, All-American Rejects, and a bunch of other things. You know what? This is good compared to that stuff. This is like, actually, this has actually like catchy melodies and like a punk instrumentation and a sort of a raw sound. And it's distinct. I don't know. It's fine. Also, it's not insulin. Like, all of these lyrics are very basic, but, like, I'll take basic over insult. Listen, yeah. The fact, like, like I said, it sounds like something that a teenage girl wrote, because, if I'm not mistaken, she was a teenager when this album came out, and she probably wrote these songs a little bit before that. 17, 18, yes. Yeah. Um, 
And that is so much better than there being a murder count or <laughs> incel nonsense. Uh, so she much has better. said, I would like you to die a couple of times by now. Yeah. Yeah, but that's acceptable. Like She's yeah, allowed. Know. Yeah, she's allowed. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, a teenage girl saying she wants to kill someone is a lot different than, like, a grown person saying that about a person that they're dating. More Elizabeth Batheries. I don't know. Listen, I, I, I really like the song. It's, for me, it's the best song on the record. It has... Really fun verses. They're very anime opening. And uh, the chorus is sort of irritating and repetitive, but in a way that makes sense for the genre they're going. I think it comes together. I think this is the song that the most comes together. This reminds me a bit of... um, Which was the time? Like, uh, what was it? Like, Ashley Simpson was doing the same kind of, like, you know, girl power sort of rock stuff, but a bit more polished. This reminds me a bit of that. But who had the more embarrassing flame out? Kelly Osborne getting dumped within six months and going on to Euro touring, or Ashley Simpson becoming a punchline for lip syncing and the track broke on SNL? That's her. She kept a cool head. So this is the part where Kelly learns that she can swear on a record. Because <laughs> up to Good now, it's been, it's been very PG-13. Didn't AEW getting the okay from TNT to say shit on air and then having an episode where they say shit like 30 times? I mean, after that whole South Park stunt in the 90s, everyone knows they can say shit on cable. Yeah, that's fair. That was just like a recent episode of uh, Dynamite, where, like, everyone kept saying shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, a lot of very good recent episodes of Dynamite. Let's be reasonable. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Fucking Hangman Page getting the a title shot at Full Gear. That's exciting. Really? Everything that's not WWE is exciting right now. Did you hear what just happened at Impact? I have not. What happened in Impact? The Kiss Demon came out. Oh! Yes! <laughs> oh! Yes! I have oh my God, no Ellie idea squealed. what we're Ellie talking s- about. Ellie squealed so loud at that it killed her computer. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely peeked on that because that is amazing. Yep. Just straight up full makeup and everything with the blood, with the spikes. Yep. Uh, wrestling is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we're talking about wrestling. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we're talking about wrestling. <laughs> uh, this song is fine. Like, it's not good, but it's like sort of a bla- bluesy, bluesy, yeah, bluesy punk song. Harmonica would have gone a long way on this. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's not nothing to write home about, and it's very... 
is trying to be a lot more like rock and aggressive that she can really pull off on this. Like it does come out as a bit like posturing. It does come out as a bit silly. And she doesn't have the charisma for this kind of genre. But I still like it. Like it's still fine. Like, you know, I'll take a, a this kind of like blues inspired punk song, punk song every day of the week. And uh, yeah, I don't hate it. I'm I'm fine with it. It's not it's not what I was expecting from Kelly Osbourne, and probably it's not what she should do if she wants to make like a popular record. But yeah, it's fine. It's it's not terrible. It's it's where we start fifteening up the album a bit with a lot of swears. <laughs> now, the one that I'm really not fond of is next, right here. This has a very, this has a very Blink-182 intro with the guitar. Um, another one that sort of sounds like an anime opening because of a very weird, uh, like, almost key change, more of a melodic shift. Ellie, are you sure that you just haven't been listening to too many anime openings lately and now you're starting to hear them everywhere? Yeah, I'm beginning to wonder if you listen to the same album. The last, the last time I watched anime was when we watched, like, the four episodes of Prince, Princess Jellyfish together. Okay, if you say so. I just bought the follow-up manga that creator made, uh, the first couple of volumes, Tokyo Taro Reba Girls. Huh, that's fun. What? Oh yeah, there's another... There's a the, follow-up? It's not, it's not a sequel, but it's the next work she did. Oh, okay. But still, I gotta look into that. It is about three women who are trying to get themselves a husband by the 2020 Olympics, which is six years from the start of the series. Nice. And apparently by volume three, the series had garnered such a fan base of people who were relating to it that she starts doing an advice column in the back of the book. (laughs) I love her. That's great. It's... It's a very weird story, and it sounds like it's uh, the sort of romantic comedy I like, where it's got a lot of cringe to it. Yes, that that would be... Yeah, <laughs> that mm-hmm. sounds right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, why do you hate this? Like, I've noted that this is sort of a karaoke-level punk cover, even if I, I'm sure it's not a cover, because it's very... It's very bland, and her voice is, again, not the best. But, you know, sort of catchy, has a consistent energy. The voice is, like, this is the one where you really notice that the voice is very much chopped as fuck, and they really edited here. But you know what? It's fine. (laughs) I will keep saying this. It's listenable. This is a song that's clearly about a toxic relationship, but... I can't tell if it's cheering on the abusive guy because of how the lyrics are written. 
So bitter memories tell me you can't help yourself from hurting me again, but I can rationalize. You're different. You've changed. You have what you have now, but how can I tell? I break down, but I've never seen your tears. I talk straight, but your words are never clear. And the whole thing is like, okay, but, you know, you can, I'm right here for you, though. It's explicitly going, you're fucking terrible, but also, hey, pick me, pick me. It's like, what? <laughs> I mean, yeah. It's very muddled and not in a teenage way. It's like it's aiming for a point. Hey, girls, you can do better. But instead, it's like, hey, girls, turn your cheek and lean in. That way it bruises less. That's what this comes <laughs> off as. Um, yeah, I haven't paid attention at the lyrics at all on this record, so fair. This is the first one where anything stood out in a way that wasn't, ah, she's learned to swear. <laughs> Somebody taught Kirby to say borb. Uh, do you think Kirby has a record? Do you think Kirby has a musical career? Yes, that's what the entirety of the mic power-up is about. The what? Oh, the microphone. Right. Yeah, that's fair. Kirby's been a punk. <laughs> Good for them. Yep. I remember when they, they opened the anime channel, I think on the Wii, and literally the only thing that you could watch on it was Kirby's anime. I mean... That's acceptable. <laughs> they just put out a new Kirby gag manga, which I was debating picking up the other day. Huh, that sounds fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, shall we talk about Avril Lavigne Complicated? Oh, yeah, let's talk about the title track. Shut up. You say I should do it differently. trying to tell me your beliefs your point of view is pretty good to me do this do that on track do me a favor and don't talk back rounds and rounds in the conversation always ends where it begins rounds and rounds and i need a vacation i got a headache for you okay this one just like it it just reminded me of like one of my little sisters trying to have an argument with me but also like I'm not gonna argue with a 15 year old <laughs> that it literally goes blah 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 that's how you sound to me it, yeah uh huh <laughs> like, okay so you're both talking about that this was written about arguing with her younger brother. Okay. Okay. See, that makes sense. Yeah, that yep. makes sense. That's explicitly what the title of this album came with, is a track about, oh, God, you stink and you don't shut up and blah, 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 blah. That's my impression of you. <laughs> yeah. Good for her. You know what? <laughs> If that if that was intentional, then I appreciate it. Is it just me, or this just sounds like Avril Lavigne complicated but faster? No, I could definitely see it. I can okay. see it. Okay. 
I can't. There's a there's a little bit going into the chorus that picks up a little before it starts getting weird, but the blah 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 bit kind of derails it. There's similarities. I definitely think a producer was like, you know who you could you could be the next Avril Lavigne. That's what a lot of this seems like to me. I think I like this better than the other Robin record. I'll be honest. I think this has more energy. This is more punk. This has honestly better melodies. Every track on this record, I'm like, this is not great, but it's sort of fun. I mean, I think that the uh, Admiral Levine record was definitely the most fun I've ever had on this podcast, just because we spent like 20 minutes roasting that video. Um, <laughs> that is fair. But... This is better music, yes. <laughs> I... Hmm. Okay. Better music, yes. Whatever backing band came in is definitely good at their job. Yes. Lyrics, I'm giving to Avril. Yeah. <laughs> yeah? That's fair. I mean, Avril is more talented. Um, yes. This is a better record. I... Uh, I want to argue that, but I don't have a leg to stand on. <laughs> <laughs> That's the problem. Uh, also, she has a cool haircut in the video. I, I, I do enjoy her haircut. <laughs> oh, right. This was one of the ones that also had a video. This one um, was actually kind of sickening to watch. Really? Because it's still the 240p blocky encode, but also it's doing this thing where the frame rate keeps changing from shot to shot, and most of it is just captured by a camera on a track in a faux recording studio set. You can see the track. You can see it doing loops. Mm -hmm. But they keep speeding her up and slowing her down and then going regular, and it's really jarring. It actually may be kind of nauseous to watch. If you want a better um a better video where where the track they're filming is showing, um watch Anna Meredith video for the song Paramore. Which is I, I if I remember correctly it's all made with like Legos and stuff. It's really cool. Uh Image Game by Light has a video that is just a camera on a track rotating around the room with the band reflected in this orb as they play math rock. It's pretty good. Do we have anything else to say about Shut Up? That's fun. I don't hate it. That's acceptable. I don't hate it. Let's talk about On The Run. Very much. 
It's like we wanted to make it sound different by making it sound like shit. Yeah, they filtered their vo- her voice further, and it just sounds garbage. <laughs> it's terrible. And there's feedback all over it. This is the serious song. Like, it has, like, a more serious tone, and it's like, no, don't. Please don't. It's, uh, yeah, it's very bad. Like, this sounds like an SR-71 song. Ha. Huh. Also, this and the next track could swap titles, and no one who's never heard this album before would be able to tell the difference. Mm, that is fair. But yeah, this this is where we get to a period of all of the back half of this is many shorter tracks, and I don't know if it's because they couldn't extend these more, because they're very blatant about extending some of the earlier ones, or if it's just that we thought, no, that's it. That's good. We got to have some small stuff because it's punk. Yeah. I think it's fine. Uh, well, this song is not fine. I don't like this song, but yeah, mm, whatever. I think it flows better when we get down to three minutes tops tracks. I think that's the right speed for this record. I mean, this record is 12 songs for 40 minutes, which great. That's how long a record should be. Uh, I will not complain about songs being too short on this record. This is perfect. Lengthwise, at least. Oh, yeah. They all flow very well on this back half. I'll give it that. Yeah. Head on the run, blah, blah, blah. It's a song. It's not that good. It, it's very... The, the the effect they have on her voice is bad. Like, if they could find a way to make her voice sound worse, they, they did it. Good job. I... I mean, great, you win the production prize for making things worse. Um, oh no, I think I think the next one is the one where I think they did the worst thing to her voice. Okay, let's go to On Your Own then. On your own is like, okay, well, great, you know, uh, I'm going to dump you, I'm going to get out of this, you're a cheater, screw you, you're on your own. Okay, sure, whatever. It's a standard, angry breakup song. It's pretty alright. But, there's this vocal filter on her, and it's not on every word. She's got this half-echo chorus. Huh. It's real weird, because... They'll just skip words in it, but she's got... It might be her voice, it might be a backup singer. I think it's just her voice because I don't see a second singer credited. And they're they're mimicking what she's saying, but with a little bit of delay. But it doesn't do the whole sentence, so it'll skip words, and it sounds like you're having a breakdown. Huh, I, d- I didn't notice this, but yeah, that's interesting. And then there's the really really weird breakdown partway in where it's just like why did we do this and suddenly go real slow and I don't know if it's synth but we just change instrumentation for a little as a bridge and then go back to where we were you know what this sounds like Mm -hmm. 
This sounds like Jet. You aren't wrong. <laughs> it is not a good thing, but it sort of sounds like Jet. It's of the era, and also, are those guys still alive? Hmm. I have to look this up. Are any of us? Oh, okay. The band, uh, the band dissolved and reformed. So, no, they're not. They are now a single entity. Uh, have you ever seen the end of Society? Jet, the band from Australia, did that. Speaking of the end of society, how about too much of you? have little to say about this this back part of the record this <laughs> i just read my first note which i forgot because i wrote it like two weeks ago okay uh i made myself laugh uh my first notice my first note for the song is this sounds like an ad for a tampon song oh i'll be i'll be even better i got an ad before this and there hadn't been ads on most of this so it was a surprise and it had a surf rock guitar on it, and I was like, oh man, this back half is really raising the production. It's doing something different. And then it turns out it was just stock music playing under a local realtor's card. <laughs> uh, this song has this sort of like jaunty, like happy melody, uh, but also like very inoffensive that you would hear, yeah, in a lot of like um, woman oriented product ads. Like, I could see this in a tampon ad. I could see this in, like, a yogurt ad or something. What matters here is that the ad has a lot of, like, women smiling, doing daily activities, and this is playing in the background, and this is the song. The two things women want. Tampons and yogurt. Look, the most validating shit that ever happened to me is that now Spotify recommends me tampon ads between songs, and it's like, I mean, I don't have any use for that, but... Sure, Validation. Val valid. <laughs> I like to think of myself as a Jamie Lee Curtis guest starring on Eagle Heart Yogurt ad. <laughs> also, this one, um, this track starts with guitar feedback and squeals into a Green Day demo tape sound. A lot of weird squealing on this track. And then... Then there's the na 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 breakdown, which goes nowhere, and it actually made me go, has anything good ever had a na 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 chant? And I found the one exception that proves the rule is uh, a My Chemical Romance song. Yeah. I was just gonna say. Yep, that's the one. Everyone else, you're banned. Noted. Taking notes. <laughs> Make na 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 songs specifically to piss off Sybil. <laughs> I'm sure I've earned it karmically. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we, we're almost done with this record. Let's go. We can we can have a short episode today because there's not a lot to say. Aside from this record is fine and everyone who hates it is fucking hater.
This is the twangy swearing country song. Yeah. I don't even remember this song. <laughs> this is the one where it's very clearly like go go overboard, be a firebrand, because within ten seconds, fuck that bullshit, need to relax, get my head straight, put my face on, shove my hair up, get my ass in gear, grab all my shit and go. Really just leaning into it. But this is the only one where the guitarist is doing something different than just, you know, we hired backup local punk band to be her backing band. So this one kind of works for me. I think this might be my favorite track on this record. Fine, this also sort of sounds like Jet. This more so than the other song that sounds like Jet. Yeah, yeah, it has sort of like the rock bluesy thing going on, which is, you know, was a thing that people were trying to bring back at the time. I don't hate it. I would also like to never hear a teenage girl sing the lyric crotches itching at me. Yeah. No, thanks. That's it. For how samey this record is, it's very varied, which is a sentence that I just said. Like, it's very tonally consistent, but it goes a lot of places musically. Like, it has a lot of nuance in the difference between the song, which is appreciable. And it's another reason why I think it's a very pleasant listen, because, you know, you get the punkier song, you get the slower song, you get the bat song, you get the this song, whatever this is trying to be, you know. And then you get the next song, which is the ballad. Which is, fortunately for our souls, it showed at the end, almost as if they knew that no one wants to hear Kelly Osbourne sing, like, a slow uh, ballad about love. This one works because the speed, the distinction, I, I guess there's the whole 15 up the lyrics, leaning in a little hard, but whatever. It's mostly confined to this one song other than the other one we called out. I'm cool with it. Yeah, no, it's fine. It was fine. I, I don't, I can't, <laughs> I can't give you much more than that. This album is acceptable. That's okay. That's probably the last time any of us are going to be positive because we're about to go into the back two. Yeah. Oh, well. dear. <laughs> Yeah, More Than Life itself is just like the most boring ballad ever. It almost like, it almost sounds like, it's not even a rock ballad, it almost sounds like an attempt at like a 70s style ballad, which... <sighs> this is what no. would happen if you forcibly detoxed Donna Summers and then gave her a mic. Yeah. Yeah. Except Kelly Osbourne doesn't have Donna Summers' voice. It doesn't. She doesn't have the voice. She doesn't have good lyrics. She doesn't have a memorable uh, melody. She doesn't have any interesting production on this. Everything that you'd like from a ballad is not here. 
So this is just very boring. And it goes I do on appreciate... for so long. <laughs> yeah, I do appreciate how they shoved it at the end, almost knowing that, like... No. <laughs> almost knowing that, you know, no. Um, This is one yeah. of those degrees of love song where if you write a love song wrong it sounds like it could be about a partner or a parent or Jesus but all of them are so wishy-washy that there's going to be one way you can read it every way that makes it uncomfortable okay this is one of those no one loves me like you do unconditional and true you're the shoulder that I've always known and the hand that says I'm not alone. More than myself, I love you more than life itself. And when I fear you are the comfort, the one who steers me to the light, did you know that I get lonely at the thought of you not being here? Can you see that you're the only one who never disappears? And then there's just chanting, I love you, I love you, I love you, over and over. Yeah, this is planned as far. If you want, like, a better version of this... Uh, again, I probably already recommended it on this podcast, but the new Japanese Breakfast album is basically just all ballads, but they're very good. <laughs> You're really plugging Japanese Breakfast, huh? <laughs> Look, they're they're great. Um, I I think the you should Japanese get a sponsorship. Breakfast... <laughs> 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 yeah, listen, listen to Japanese Breakfast as sponsor. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't formulate a joke for it, but I'm thinking about those podcasts that do sponsorships for those boxes of food that yeah. get to your home. Oh, the cursed, uh -huh. yeah, the very cursed uh, starch cereal. That is what I was trying to go for. Yeah, I couldn't formulate a proper joke for it, but yeah, get a, get a, you get a Japanese breakfast in a box with the service, I don't know. Well, here, um, now we have a good ending joke. I, I already have an ending joke for once. Oh, never um, mind. But yeah, listen to Japanese Breakfast. Michelle Zoner is like a, an amazing songwriter. <laughs> um, yeah. Two last notes on this song. The album in a nutshell is summed up with, and I don't care if it sounds trite, I'll say it over and over. <laughs> and YouTube recommended that I follow this up with relaxing and atmospheric Castlevania music compilation, which, boy, what a burn. <laughs> I think that's just your YouTube history, though. I don't think that's this album. <laughs> it didn't give me that on any other track for this album, though. I don't know. <laughs> relaxing Castlevania music sounds like a you thing. I guess. I just, because I was listening to this on Spotify, thought that it was an uh, eight-minute, like, nine-minute-long song, um, and I almost cried. Uh, and then it turns out that it was secretly a five-minute song and a three-and-a-half-minute song, and that was still terrible, um, and I did not like it. And you still cried. I Yes, but, like, not, not in the, wow, this music is so beautiful way, in the... I hate long songs, Jesus Christ, sort of way. So that's my complaint. Yeah. We could go, and very quickly, let's talk about this, because I think, unless you all have a lot to say, I think it's very unremarkable. No, the hidden track here, we mentioned it, 
It's uh, a cover of Papa Don't Preach, and it's not particularly good. exists did you know her backup band on this is half of incubus <laughs> okay then yes fascinating there's also a video of this which starts off with her wandering around a thrift store then she starts singing the song in a dressing room and then she starts doing this weird homage to some other madonna videos that just ends abruptly and she starts doing the monkey in front of a bunch of men? I don't know what happened to this video, but it is the most hooting and hollering I had for this whole album, just trying to figure out what the thought process was. And second, imagining what her father said watching this. What the fuck is this? Just absolutely... <laughs> <laughs> you can't really find it in any good quality, but it's all over the map, and it is insane to look at. And am I the only one who listened to the other bonus track from the Changes re-release? I mm -hmm. listened yeah. to it. Oh, okay, go at it. Yeah, so, um, it's... It's brutal because, A... It's a literal child singing alongside a vocal legend. So Ozzy is just destroying Kelly by accident. Like, you think it's, oh, I'm being a supportive papa, but you hear the two of them side by side and you can just hear the difference. Yeah. And then it's too faithful instrumentally. Because... If you told me they just spliced in her vocals over a failed demo recording, I'd believe it. He's not changing anything off the original. Alrighty then. Yeah. So what 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 is the that 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 song? Changes. It's an old Black Sabbath song. Oh, okay. And unlike Papa Don't Preach, that one since it only came out like in a limited run in the West, really got skewered. Uh, I did find number 27 on the 50 worst songs of the 2000s in Village Voice. Damn, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't that bad. <laughs>
Okay, let's move on. This is the record. Do we have any final thoughts? Her worst album. She does get better. She seems like she might have been trying to gear up to return to this before the pandemic hit. She did a few appearances on The Masked Singer in 2019. And uh, nothing's been mentioned since, so we'll see. I thought it was perfectly okay. I don't have any complaints. Well, except for the eight minute long song thing, but that that's my albatross. <laughs> yeah, that was fair. I enjoyed this. This was fine. This was fun. Three, three out of five. That's it. Three out of five is a very good description. I don't have any deep thoughts about it. Just like this is extremely listenable. I, I, it has problems, of course, but you know what? Everything that we listen on this podcast has problems, and I mind the problems of this record less than you know a lot of the problems of the other la- records. You know what? When I come out with a music album, I want Ellie to be like, "Yeah, this is extremely listenable." That'll be like that's how I'll know that I've made it in the world. Extremely listenable approved. Um, Mm -hmm. So next week we're doing a special episode. We're doing, well, special episode. We're doing um, OK Go by OK Go because I've kept talking about this record for about 20 years and uh, it comes out in 2002. So why not talk about it? It's it's one of my favorite records ever. It's a really good pop record. So, yeah. I'm excited about this one. It's good. Has so much, so many good songs, and like Damian Kulesh, whatever is the name of the um, the guy from Okigo, okay is actually like a surprisingly decent songwriter. This is gonna be fun. Well, I guess I'll kick my some forty one research down the road. Yeah. Um. I hope you'll enjoy it because if any of you says anything bad about this record, I will literally cry. This is my feel happy record. That will not even be the most horrendous criticism I have received for disliking something this week, so go for it. <laughs> I, told I, someone, to... I told yeah, someone I didn't like a manga they suggested, and they said, I want you to drown in salt, you slug bastard. What manga <laughs> was it? Nishijo. I don't know. I don't know what did I say. What did I... Uh, it's something that looks so much like the Azumanga guy style that I thought it was by him for years. No, I don't know what Azumanga guy you is either. You're okay. They're not, it's not good comedy. Same song, different chorus. So, this was an episode. You can find our wonderful website at getoutofthistown.com, despite what Sybil would want you to think. You can mm-hmm. mail us at getoutofthispodcast at gmail.com. You can add us on Twitter at G-G-O-O-T-T podcast. You can find us on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Play. You can rate and review us, please do. If you rate and review us, we will talk about your rate and reviewing on the podcast. And if you write us, we can, you know, you know how podcast works. If this is the only podcast that you're listening to. Get help. Yeah, get help. You made a terrible life choice. Um, 
And yeah, next up is okay go. And uh, do you have anything to plug, Sybil? You can find all of my work at hellscaper.com. And do you have anything to plug, Adam? I do not. And you can f and you can as always find me uh, at ACC the Moon on Twitter. And if you'd want to support us, we do not have a Patreon. But please let us know if you want to be our famous daddy, thanks to who will be able to start a completely undeserved major label musical career and then nevertheless fail awfully after not even six months. <clears throat> Have a good night. Bye. Good night. like I've got the time to stick around. I'll catch my flight like a pop pumpkin. Get out of this town. What's on your mind? There's no point left to keep your image down. Let's terrify.